0: This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. I'm Steve Kraske. Kansas lawmakers proposed a new education bill last week that would funnel state funds to parents to use for private schools or homeschooling proponents of House Bill 2218, named the Sunflower Education Equity Act, claim it supports access to higher quality and specialized education. However, some legislators are pushing back, arguing that the bill and a second one is another attempt to defund public schools and that these private or homeschool options might teach religious and even hateful curriculums using state funds. Joining us now is Representative Christy Williams, who introduced the bill, and Representative uh, Mary Lynn Poskin, who had, had questions about it. We're going to begin with Representative Williams, who's a Republican from the Wichita area. Representative Williams, thanks for taking some time with us this morning. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Thank you for having
0: me. If you would, can you walk me through what this, uh, this bill is proposing, just a, two or three of the major highlights?
1: Sure. Um, our Sunflower Education Equity Act is actually implementing a program in Kansas where students are the center. and base aid money, which is approximately one quarter of the money that we spend on public school students, may be used in individual ways such as for tutoring, for curriculums, for tuition, for um, higher ed education, online classes, and therapies.
0: Why did you introduce the bill? What's your thinking there?
1: So I I think kids are very diverse. We live in a challenging time, and not all kids can sit eight hours in a traditional public school. So we need to provide all students the opportunity to access the best learning environment that fits their needs. I think when we focus on the students first, and they're the center of our funding, rather than a system, then all of Kansas wins, because I think we all want the same thing. And that means we want kids to graduate that understand basic math and reading and um, are going to add to Kansas greater economy, create a better quality of life for us all.
0: Why can't public schools uh, supply and answer the needs that you're laying out here?
1: So I think we always need a combination of public, private, and in this case, providing um, an opportunity for a variety of new types of schools, such as micro schools. Right now, we're seeing that our public schools are not able to meet the the needs of many of our students. In fact, a nation's report card just reported that Kansas ranked, ranked 42nd in eighth grade reading. That's just not good enough. And when we talk about our most disadvantaged students in Kansas, which is based on a poverty scale, that would be about 40% of our students. Of those students in eighth grade, 90% are not proficient in math. 89% are not proficient in reading. And so we've we've got to break away from status quo and give the opportunity, the freedom to educate our students back to our parents and say, okay, this is not working. Let's try opening it up and giving kids the opportunity to learn in a different environment. And that's what we're providing, a flexible spending account.
0: You're saying essentially that uh, public education is falling short these days, even in Kansas, which has this proud heritage of public education.
1: Well, I think we can all agree that being ranked 42nd on the nation's report card in reading is not where we want to be. And some kids, you know, certainly many kids will excel in any environment um, not all kids are and so this approach is student centered why don't we stop just thinking about the system and maintaining a system but instead let's focus on the kids when we do that i think we all all schools will improve all students have the opportunity to get the best education possible and in other states in florida is a prime example when choice entered The field, then the public schools, the outcomes shot to the roof. They went from the bottom to the second highest. So I think there's great precedence to assume our public schools will also improve with more choice for all students.
0: Uh, Representative, help me understand something. If the Sunflower Education Equity Act, that's the bill that uh, we're talking about here, if it passes, could the state regulate it or even review it? Because as you know, there are concerns that there would be very little to no oversight as to how this money could be spent and would be spent under this bill.
1: So this bill is a minute or this program would be administered Uh, and administrated by our state treasurer. And there's also a board that's established. It's not no FTEs to this board, but it's a board of legislators, a board that includes a parent um, that would come together and help help make decisions about audits, appeals, and basic uh, guidelines for the program. So we have a a lot of accreditation policies and rules in Kansas for public schools. We have 286 out of 286 schools that are accredited, yet we still have a massive number of students that are not succeeding. And the gap between the haves and the have-nots are growing. So I would say, The silver bullet is not accreditation. The silver bullet is not all the rules and regulations. Let's give freedom in this area and see what great things happen. We know they do happen.
0: But could taxpayers, would they be assured that the money is is being spent in the ways that it's supposed to be spent, even under this bill, Representative?
1: So there are basic guidelines they have to teach, arithmetic, they have to teach, social studies, history, uh, English, and uh, grammar. So all of those things are part of it. But in what manner that they choose to do that, it's going to be variable, as variable as our parents and our students and our families in Kansas. That's a good thing. And um, regulating it does not guarantee success.
0: How would you determine which students uh, could receive funding? Which students would be eligible here?
1: The bill allows all public school students that would like to have an educational savings account participate. That also includes on a part-time basis. So if I'm a parent and I want my child to take chemistry and band at my local high school, I could do that. And then if I wanted to homeschool them or send them to a private school, accredited or non-accredited, I could do that. So again, it's matching the the unique and diverse needs of students with um, the best learning opportunities. So that's kind of the, the underlying principle is allowing this, this choice, this freedom of education.
0: You're getting some pushback from some commentators around the state writing in the Kansas Reflector uh, Clay Wirestone wrote that parents of public school students should be very concerned about this legislation. He wrote this, uh, she and fellow Republican committee members, uh, referring to you, appear committed to undermining the public education system that serves a half million children and razzing the future of our state along the way. He also said this, Representative, the proposals Williams and her education committee members talked about Monday would leave Kansas students worse off than they are today and less prepared for the future. What do you say to that?
1: Well, I'd first say that's an uninformed and extremely biased statement that has no bearing in facts. Uh, The author, Clay, does not know me, does not know my background, does not know my relationships with my community, my children, all who have attended public school. I am a licensed public uh, school teacher, so it's a complete disregard for the truth. What we're trying to do is provide excellence and uh, education for all students, and they're not getting it. So if Clay believes that 90% of all of our eighth graders are that who are unproficient or non-proficient in math should stay that way, then he would uh, continue to write what he's writing. But I don't think that that's okay. I don't think that we're on the right path. And so by opening up these opportunities, I think everybody wins. And my hope is that, and my belief is that public schools will actually be inspired, encouraged, improve their outcomes because of the natural competition that will exist. Parents will become more involved, and again, there is no silver bullet. If there didn't, uh, ex- if, if choice did not exist, and there's no silver uh, bullet. If it does exist, but what I'm saying is, we're not in the position to remain in status quo. We have got to give parents and students an opportunity to succeed.
0: Representative Williams, just one final point. How much money would go into this bill?
1: So it's going to be dependent on the number of students, but ultimately it would actually save taxpayers money because remember this bill only funds approximately 5,000, which is one quarter of it, the cost to educate the average student in Kansas. So most private schools right now, um, their tuition, depending on the age level can be between six and $16,000 or less. And that's far different than the average per pupil in Kansas which is 20,000. My goal is not is not based on saving taxpayers money on this though that's a, a great benefit. My goal is to educate kids in Kansas and make sure everybody has the best chance to succeed.
0: So your point is that parents would still have to supplement the state's share of any tuition for a private school here.
1: Well, they might. But remember, this bill is not about private schools. I hear over and over that we're funding private schools, but that is not the case. That is not what the the U.S. Supreme Court said in 2002 uh, when they ruled that when you give money to the parent, the parent chooses how to spend that money. So that money could be used for a a higher education course, an online course. Hmm. I could choose to be homeschooled. I can't pay my parents to homeschool me, but I can buy my supplies and I can buy the uh, the courses that I would like to have. So it's a flexible spending account. And I guarantee you that it's not just for private schools. It's for a wide host of schools and that's what makes it so special so unique and so needed in kansas for our kids
0: that's representative christy williams who introduced this bill representative sure appreciate your time today thanks so much thank you let me bring on representative mary lynn poskett now a democrat from Leewood. representative welcome to the show nice to have you here
2: Great to be here. Thank you, Steve. From
0: your standpoint, what is this bill proposing? Because you have a very different view.
2: I I do have a very different view, as do most of the opponents. There were over 250 uh, Kansans who opposed the bill in the hearing. And in my time as a legislator, no bill has generated as many opponent emails as 2218. It does fund unregulated private schools that don't have to admit every student with Kansas taxpayer dollars. I would say it's fiscal malfeasance to siphon taxpayer dollars to private interests, not just schools, but private interests with no supervision. In fact, Section 14 of the bill says nothing in this act shall be construed to permit any governmental agency to exercise control or supervision over any non-public school or home school. So there's no supervision over this uh, tax dollar that goes to private interests.
0: Well, Representative Williams just said there was some supervision through this board that would be set up. Uh, that people would be able to see where the money's going.
2: Well, Section 14 literally just says that there will be no supervision over any non-public school or home school. Mm-hmm. There could be supervision over the funds. But not over the content, um, I will tell you that it, it sets a des- dangerous precedent to portray public goods as a cafeteria to, to select from. I, I'm a parent of seven. There, You will find no bigger champion than me of parents' rights. We We have a lot of rights and choices that the state does not have to fund. Um, Is this the
0: same thing as school vouchers?
2: Absolutely. I haven't heard the word
0: vouchers here, but that's what we're talking about here, isn't it? It's
2: exactly what we're talking about in the tax credit scholarship bill, which is a companion bill that's being expanded, uh, trying to be expanded in this legislative session. Uh, They call it a scholarship and said, look it up, uh, look vouchers up in the dictionary and said that that's not even in the bill. But the Cambridge Dictionary actually says vouchers are scholarships to
0: Private schools. I'm still confused on a basic point. Would, would this would this bill cost the state money, or would it simply reallocate dollars that are going now to public schools, siphon that money off to private schools?
2: It would. The, the combination of bills would do two things. It would um, take state general funds and put them into the hands of parents that would have gone to our public schools. Uh, So money
0: would be fewer dollars going to public schools.
2: Correct. And to the the state general fund in general, the tax credit scholarship bill expansion that they are trying to do would allow donors to take 100% of their tax liability that would go to the state general fund and siphon it from that and put it in a scholarship granting organization, one which their own children might be benefiting from. So you're saying
0: some taxpayers could designate where their Kansas tax dollars are going. Do I hear that right?
2: Correct. It's a little bit of a shell game because what they do is donate to the scholarship granting organization. And then if the bill 2048 passes as written, they would be able to take that off of their Kansas tax liability. In fact, there are states who have the 100 percent tax credit that advertise it that way. If you look at the Alabama Opportunity Scholarship Fund Mm -hmm. and go down to how it works, it says figure out your tax liability, donate it to the scholarship fund, and then pay nothing into the state general fund.
0: So what would uh, the impact be then on our public school system, in your view, Representative, if this thing passes?
2: Well, when the state general funds are reduced, that reduces the amount of money that's available to go to our public schools, right? Uh, basically. Um, and I will tell you, so it's it does get confusing since we're talking about two different bills. And the voucher bill, um, you know, is painted as a way for low-income students to have choices, and, you know, we've already heard that that might not cover the full cost of a private school. Um, in fact, rarely does it.
0: So how would that difference be made up if you're a poor student, or would it be? I don't know. Yeah. Um one article I read about this bill mentioned that you brought up the potential for something called triple dipping if parents participate in this news pro- in this new program as well as House Bill twenty forty eight, which would expand a tax credit. Explain to me your concern on that front.
2: Uh, of course, um, the expansion of twenty forty eight has. Every category um, is available to families with six-figure incomes, and some are unlimited. For instance, if a parent of a student is an active-duty military, firefighter, EMS, et cetera, their income limits don't apply. So an example that I have is that a colonel of three years of experience at Fort Riley will be earning $102,000 base pay. They could qualify for the $8,000 scholarship uh, for each of their children. Under the tax credit scholarship bill, they could donate their entire tax liability to the scholarship granting organization that's funding their children, remove their tax liability, and then when the full phase in of the voucher program comes in, get an additional $5,000 per child. That is triple dipping and it can happen. We often talk about unintended consequences of bills. This one has been pointed out and if it gets voted for, then it becomes an intended consequence.
0: One other lawmaker uh, looking at this measure brought up the idea that funding would go towards a private or home school education that could teach racism, anti-Semitism, all of those uh, bad things. Do you see that being an issue here?
2: Well, absolutely. We've just seen in Ohio where the dissident homeschool, it has a channel that distributes its neo-Nazi curriculum to over 2,500 subscribers. So the way that the bill is set up, it, curriculum is uh, an allowable expense. And the bill actually states that the content of or religious nature of a product or service may not be considered when determining whether payment for such product or service is an allowable expenditure from an account. So the difference between Ohio and Uh, Kansas then is that Ohio, like Kansas, doesn't regulate homeschool. So they can't do anything about what the homeschool is teaching. Hmm. And that's how it is in Kansas. But under this bill, taxpayers would be required to pay for neo-Nazi curriculum that's submitted as an expense under the ESA. And on the other side of the spectrum, it would require payment for gay porn child pornography, CRT curriculum, whatever. it The content cannot be allowed, so the state is required to pay for any homeschool. curriculum. The content curriculum. can't
0: be regulated, you're saying?
2: It, it can't be used to disallow a payment. Okay. So any content or religious... Um, Nature can be used. And the chairwoman in committee said, well, that's a First Amendment right. And I would argue that we have a First Amendment right to be neo Nazis. We don't need to require Kansas taxpayers to pay for that curriculum.
0: Representative Poskin, what you're uh, saying here is that this is a sweeping change. This would be a sweeping change in the Kansas education system.
2: Absolutely. And I will tell you that, um, you know, school choice, it's named school choice for a reason. Schools get to choose their students, they don't have to accept everybody, they don't have to educate catastrophic special education students the way public schools do. Um, And school choice originated after the Topeka B uh, Brown Board of Education, Um, Milton Friedman basically wanting to destroy our public schools. And then as recently um, in Utah, where they did pass this bill right before they did so, Allison Sorensen, a lobbyist for the Utah Voucher Program and executive director of Education Opportunity for All Child, specifically got caught on mic saying, I can't say this is a recall of the public education. Even though I want to destroy public education, Mm. the legislators can't say that part because they'll just be reamed over the coals.
0: Where is this bill in the legislative process? Might it pass the Kansas House?
2: It has been passed out of the K12 budget committee, which I after I pointed out that it could pay for neo-Nazi curriculum, it's still passed and it if it is heard on the house floor, it can pass out and it, yeah, it can become law. I will tell you that I have Republican colleagues coming to me a lot and expressing their concern over the bill. You know, we haven't even touched on the fact that 63 out of 105 counties in Kansas don't have private schools. And so that would be a vacuum to create these online for profit, de- Betsy DeVos types of schools. Right. And I, so I have Republicans coming to me, letting me know that they are very concerned about both the voucher and the scholarship test. Final point expansion. Governor Kelly,
0: certainly her philosophy would be opposed to uh, bills like this.
2: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, pu- our public schools are one of our best economic drivers, bringing businesses um, all, from all over the world.
0: That's State Representative Mary Lynn Poskin. She's a Democrat from Leewood. Representative, thanks for sharing your views on this. Much appreciated.
2: Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.
0: Up to Date is produced by Zach Wilson, Reginald David, Elizabeth Ruiz, Zach Perez, and Hannah Cole. Our intern is Claudia Brancart. Our announcer and engineer is Paul Nakatura. Our theme music is composed and performed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraski. Thanks for listening.